Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Right, it has been a difficult week and... Uh, it was only accentuated, really, at, at Newmarket by the fact that there were supposed to be a crowd pilot scheme trials going on on the Rolling Mile, the three days of the Cambridgeshire fixture, and there weren't because of the announcement that, w w that was made by, by government earlier, earlier in the week. There's been plenty of chat this week. Nick Rust has appeared with me on my podcast. He's talked on ITV. Um, but this is a fast-evolving situation, so I, I wanted to... Um, talk to him again this morning and if you've been at work all week and you haven't been able to catch up with what Nick's been saying it's a great opportunity for you as well so he joins me on the line now uh, Nick morning morning quite simply what's the plan now for the sport what is the plan well I and my colleagues at the BHA at board and executive level together with the industry's leaders through the RCA and the horsemen's group are fighting for the future of the sport as hard as we can. Um, we, we brought uh, the recovery plan to the public on the 25th of August, but obviously we're adjusting that based on this week's news. And there are three areas, Nick, that we're focusing on. First of all, bringing home to government clearly uh, the level of support that we need following the announcement this week. And the heartening aspect of that announcement was that government fully understands the impact of the decision on live sport and in particular on racing through the work that the tripartite parties have done. Um, so they're offering support and the Prime Minister in his statement uh, tasked the Chancellor Rishi Sunak who of course is MP for a constituency which features one of our great training centres middle a minute uh, and our sponsoring Secretary of State Oliver Dowden for digital culture, media and sport, um, to work together, liaise with sports on the support that they will need as a result of this decision. Yeah. So that's, that's the first one. We've been working on it this week. Uh, and next, uh, this coming week, there will be a meeting of the industry's members committee to uh, approve our approach and, and get that, that detail into government this week and hopefully get the support that we need as quickly as possible. Secondly, we're continuing to press the case for levy reform to ensure that it remains sustainable for our sport. It's a vital source of income. Things have changed both at betting level and in terms of how people are betting as a result of shifts towards a digital platform. We earn uh, half as much money for each pound bet through digital as we do through retail. Um, and the difference has been accentuated through covid but also, you know, we are fighting to retain owners um, and to ensure that the right level of support for owners and breeders is in place versus our immediate international competition in Ireland and France. And with Brexit coming up, we need to have a level playing field with them in terms of uh, the incomes that we receive so that we can compete to retain owners and breeders active in this country. And the third area is we've got to make the very best case that we can, despite this week's news, that racing is a safe environment in which to bring back spectators and hospitality. As you know, my colleague David Armstrong, the chief executive of the RCA, has been working on this area with government, supported by uh, my team at the BHA, including Will Land, Martin Fuel and Ross Hamilton. Um, to, to help ensure that government understands and that we've got some 
practical ways forward, um, which, which hopefully can mean that we can reignite the pilots. But David has been clear and said that racecourses are losing between 250 to 300 million pounds of income in 2020 because of COVID. And that's only going to get worse without spectators. So we urgently need to bring it back. And what I'd say is that we've done very well as a sport in resuming with over 400 events now, which at least two to 300 people have been present at every fixture. Um, and there has been no evidence of transmission of the disease. But we have to keep that going. And the message from Dr. Jerry Hill, who's been instrumental in a lot of this work and a real leader for our sport at the end of the week just past was, you know, we're doing great, but we have to keep it up. And people need to be vigilant in their personal lives as well. You know, please make sure that you do everything you can away from the race course as well um, to help ensure that racing keeps its clean bill of health, which will keep us in the best possible shape. And finally, Nick, all I wanted to say on my initial bit is, you know, we are working together as industry representatives like never before. That has brought some successes so far. Uh, we have to keep that up. You know, in my 10 years involved with uh, government and lobbying and policy making at government level, both uh, on the betting side and on the racing side. I know, like many others know, that if you don't speak with one voice, then um, then you won't be as successful in what you want to achieve. And, you know, we saw that in betting recently, um, where there wasn't a togetherness and they, they lost a bit of their lobby. And, and certainly when I was working in betting uh, eight to 10 years ago, I saw that racing, you know, failed to stick together and, and didn't really achieve what it wanted to. So we must stick together. You know, if you want to influence the way that things are going, you know, there are representatives at industry level who are meeting this week, uh, either on Tuesday or Wednesday. We're still working out the details so we can have everyone there who are going to ratify the approach taken by the executives that I've just set out just now. Let's take it from the top. You, you said you'd identified the level of support you need. Is there a figure that you are now presenting to government officials? We need this much. Please, can we have it? Um, we'll, at the moment, we're still working on what, what support will be common across all sports. So what we don't want to do is go in and say, you know, we need, let's say, £300 million. Um, the, the, the information that government wants is what is the impact of having no spectators? It's not going to seek to provide support on the front foot here that, that covers you know, all of the impacts of COVID, but it's looking to support us on uh, spectator measures. And as I say, about half of racecourse income comes from uh, spectator levels. So across a year, that would be £150 million. We can't put a figure on it yet because, of course, we're, we're hoping that, we we, that the worst case scenario that the government set out won't come true. We're hoping that we'll have pilots and crowds back within the winter period at some point. Um, but we're setting out the areas where government could help. We're still working out, and it's a bit early to say yet, and we, we hope to have worked it through a bit more, what, what Rishi Sunak's announcements mean in terms of direct support as well. So there'll be the general government support that, that everyone can have that Rishi Sunak announced. There will be some support for all of the major sports who met this week with Oliver Dowden, including myself and the other major sports CEOs on Tuesday. Um, those sports will, will, I would imagine, have some common uh, asks, and we're working together with those sports on that. And then there'll be the specifics for racing on top. But, but as I say, our message on the third point, Nick, is that we can mitigate a lot of this if government can help us to get, get uh, crowds back. And we're in an outdoor space. 
um, with hospitality facilities where I, yeah. you know, race courses have managed these pilots very well so far. So we want we want really to press for that first. Okay, so that's the sticking plaster, if you like. The sticking plaster is what um, is what Oliver Dowden and Rishi Sunak might come up with as a recovery package to to get you the race courses say through a difficult period where they might be losing up to seventy five million pounds a, a quarter. That's not stitching the wound. I'm guessing that levy reform and going back to understand how better we might fund the sport on a sustainable basis, that sti- that's an attempt to stitch the wound. Just be really specific here, Nick. What exactly are you going for? What are you, what are you aiming for? How high are you aiming with levy reform? What do you think is a fair return to the sport from the betting industry and how might that best be achieved? Well, I'm, I'm not going to give you a number or anything, Nick. We've been, we've been making the case for levy reform since um, early in 2019. Government at the time said, look, you know, your numbers are coming through. The ev- it's too early after the last review to present evidence to suggest change. We're now saying there's a very clear case for change, as I, I discussed earlier. Um, in terms of the mechanics of that, we want to ensure that it's sustainable and that it provides a, a fair return. And I think we made clear previously what what a fair return is. Now, um, the, at the members' committee meeting this week, we'll, we'll be discussing just, I'm our, just gonna, I'm our just approach stop you and our what, tactics. What, just to, just but, but, tell, tell me, I'm sorry to interrupt, because I, I, I've been trying all week to figure out exactly what a fair return is, and, and I don't know what a fair... What is a fair return? If you've made it clear what the fair return is, just, just tell our viewers what a fair return for the sport is and, and how we're going to go about it. Well, I... I a fair return, you, well, it depends how you look at it. So in, in this country, about 0.6% of betting turnover comes back uh, through levy to the sport. In, in France, that's north of 6 or 7%. In Ireland, it's north of um, uh, 1%. So uh, in those countries, you could use that as a yardstick for a fair return. We have to put it in the context of British racing overall. And, you know, we'll be discussing this with bookmakers as well and saying, you know, at this time, if you want to help us with a sustainable industry, then, then you know, please put your best foot forward into working with us on, on what, uh, what you're prepared to do. But, you know, I'm not going to put a figure out there that, uh, that sort of jeopardises the process. We're saying the case is clear for reform and to ensure sustainability. Uh, we'd like a level playing field in terms of the basis upon which um, uh, these monies are raised with other countries because we've got to compete with them on prize money. So we'd like, we'd like government to announce a review and uh, we hope that they're minded to based on all the evidence we've presented so far and the current situation. I just want to go back a little bit to the, to the recover. Say, say you get a recovery amount. Say the government gives each sport a lump sum as a recovery amount just as a, as a um, pro tem situation. Uh, will that money go directly to the race courses? Will it be because they're the ones that have, have can actually produce a balance sheet and say this is this tangibly is what we've lost over this period of time? Will will all that money directly go to the race courses? Given that it's David Armstrong leading that leading that group. Well, it's not clear yet, but as the government has said that the. Uh any compensation or support will be in the form of or in the context of spectators. Yeah. And given that's where we receive the revenues, then yes, I imagine the mechanism will be through the race courses. But, you know, as I say, the industry's working together. It, it couldn't just be that the money could flow through there if the sport made a case for it and there was no flow through benefit to the rest of the sport. It's there. You yeah. know, we'll be making the case to assist our sport, not to assist race courses only. But you know full well, Nick, because your key stakeholders are on one hand the race courses and on the other hand the, 
the horseman's group that if if a recovery plan is diverted entirely to, to the race courses, that you've then got a responsibility to try and make that th through flow of money um, spread through through the sports participants. And if it doesn't, you know what's coming your way, and it's a lot of flak flying. Sure, but I, look, I, I, I think the race courses and their leaders understand the impact, particularly on owners um, of us failing in our recovery plans to produce better prize money. I mean, we've, we've used the levy board money well in the final four months of this year to produce 75% or more of races running at at least the minimum values prior to COVID. But that has to be sustained and improved, and particularly at the top end where we compete internationally, we have to make sure that we do something there. Now, the race courses understand that. And of course, if, if levy funding is to go to various parties, there are conditions around how that levy funding is provided. And I'm sure that all parties will work on the basis that uh, those monies are used in a way that unlocks and releases any monies coming in from government to other parts of the sport. OK, I want to talk about racecourses as, as a safe environment in the context of the, of the pandemic. Um, have you had a clear indication from anyone uh, at the DCMS, indeed anyone in government, anyone in Public Health England, as to why now that crowd pilot schemes can't continue to take place on a racecourse? I believe, I mean, I, I believe I can still go down the road to, to Thorpe Park if I want to. Yeah, they've been um, they've been very specific in the decision around crowds. One is a concern from the medical professionals about the actual impact potentially of uh, those crowds in the transmission of the virus. Obviously, as I say, we've got a strong case there, but they're concerned overall for sport. And the second thing that they are very concerned about and was made very clear to us in all of our discussions this week and to all of the sports is they're concerned about uh, the, the required behaviour from the public when we've got the R number rising quite quickly, when we're seeing record numbers of cases each day, when we're seeing 25% of the country in local lockdown measures and rising. They're concerned about the message that um, major gatherings send um, uh, on the behaviours of uh, individuals and their willingness to comply with them. That was okay. the clear message given to, to the major sports and their CEOs on okay. Tuesday. OK, so how do you go back on that? How do you say, well, accept your point, we are responsible, but... So what do you say now? Well, we say, as, we, as I said in the meeting on Tuesday, um, that we're the second biggest spectator sport and we've got a major, major impact as a result of this. Um, that we're outdoors and that we have options and we would like to evaluate the pilots that have taken place now anyway and we'd like to remind you that we've not had any evidence of any transmission of cases and that racing can do this safely and continues to try and do and this safely and we urge them um, to facilitate further pilots as soon as possible and that's the work that David um, will be leading on behalf of the industry supported by the rest of us. And, and who, is the, who is your best point of contact there do you think who are you likely to get a decent a decent conversation going with who might be able to give you the feedback that you need because it to to the outside world and i realize these things aren't easy especially not now but to the outside world it looks as if this is a quite a painstaking almost glacial process running against what is a, a very fast evolving situation well look, i think i mean i think it's, it's, it's easy to sort of look on and criticise and say, mm. why doesn't person X just do 
something, you know. Um, we, we're working every day. The leaders of the industry are working every day. We're discussing with officials every day. Um, we've had three meetings in the last two weeks with Oliver Dowden and with Nigel Huddleston. We think the DCMS offers the best route forward because we're in there with other major sports, all of whom are facing massive impacts, massive issues without the return of crowds. And, you know, DCMS is very, very keen to, to help us move forward as best we can. Um, um, look, we, 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 were, we were one of the first sports back, Nick. We have a sympathetic ear. Um, we were ahead of the hospitality industry. Racing started on the 1st of June before pubs opened a month mm. later. But we're behind um, the hospitality you know, industry now. We're, we're behind the hospitality got... industry now, Nick. That's the, that's, that's the problem. And, and again, I'm, please don't mistake this for, for me just aiming aiming unguided missiles at the situation. I'm not at all. It's the fact that we're now, in, if you want to put it in that context, behind the hospitality industry, and you've articulated the case. All I'm asking is how that case gets best presented. Do you have an ear? Where's the best ear who's going to push that case forward? And on that point, um, you mentioned that Rishi Sunak's the, the MP for Midland. Everybody knows that Matt Hancock is the MP for Newmarket. We talk about our contacts with you know, Dido Harding as a board member of the Jockey Club and, and is in the news just about every day as running the, the, the much-talked-about test and trace programme for the, for the NHS. Are our contacts with all these people in high places, are they actually of any use to us at all or not? Well, of course they're of use. Um, and it's multiple points of contact across the industry. You know, this, this week we've written to 200 constituency MPs with relevant interests. The BHA handles the central aspect of the discussions with government through the sponsoring department and other relevant departments and handles all of that with officials and helps to coordinate the activity across the sport. But of course all these contacts are worthwhile. Um, and, and our job, together with the other leaders in the sport through the industry's public affairs group, is to coordinate that activity, mm. to make sure the messaging is clear and, and to press buttons as best we can. But there is, there is a way to do things as well. It can't all be done by secret handshakes. Yep. It has to be done through a formal approach through government. I, I accept that. So this is your opportunity, Nick, now on this programme to reach out to all parts of the, of the sport, including uh, senior racecourse executives, senior trainers, owners who may think that it's, it's better to, to, to work in, in, in such a way and tell them that your, your phone is on and ready and waiting for their call to tell you what the next move should be? Yeah, of course. Um, but I, I would say to them, please go through your industry representatives first and foremost. They have the power. They have the decision making. At the meeting this week of the members committee of the sport, you know, the BHA can make all the decisions that it reasonably can on regulation, but on governance and future plans for the sport, it is our members who have the power to uh, make things happen with us. So, you know, if you're a trainer, speak to the NTF, um, who, who are, you know, Rupert is actively involved in this process, working with Charlie Liverton, who heads up the day-to-day -day activities of the, the horsemen's leaders. If you're a racecourse, you know, provide your ideas to David Armstrong and work with him and his team on this. And that's been happening all week. The great thing about what's happened this week is the email and the phone hasn't stopped, Nick, to me yeah. and to others yeah. saying, you know, why can't we do this? Let's try that. And it's good news because I think we will have some more innovative ways coming out of this to persuade government to give us pilots and to help us move on with crowds. What do you think those innovative ways might be? I don't know yet, Nick. I've, I've seen various suggestions this week. But obviously, you know, if you can 
continue to preserve the green zone fully. And this is why it's so important. And I know it frustrates owners and connections so much that we, we have to keep separate zones at the moment. But if we can preserve the green zone and if we can, you know, redouble our uh, evidence base because we have it that we've been able to operate safely and that we're responsible and that we can be trusted then perhaps we can trial some hospitality to start with in very designated areas it would mean you know for example that individuals wouldn't be able to go down and watch the parade ring live but they'd be able to see the racing mm. um, so that was one of the suggestions this week and, it, and it'll be one of those that I'm sure. sure we'll explore in the next few days okay that's good to hear Cornelius I was just going to say Nick uh, you, you, you say uh, you've spoken there to every part of the industry uh, from the from the top to the bottom if you like I've been racing a couple of times in the last week and and the fact is Nick's point about friends in high places people are saying look um, it, it's all very well the powers that be saying there is a way of doing these things but uh, and you picked out two things the potential for the spread of the virus by uh, from race course attendances and also the behavior of attendances these are clearly things that racing has overcome. So people are saying, are they really going to meet Oliver Dowden, talking to Matt Hancock, talking to Rishi Sunak, presumably in touch with Lady Harding? Pretty Patel is taking an interest as well, the Home Secretary. Are they not saying, look, it's preposterous that you are accusing race, or you are uh, effectively accusing racing of not being perfectly safe places outdoors? Etc. Uh, Etc. Et and uh, final thoughts. Sir Hugh Robertson, who used to be a Conservative MP, who I think is head of the Br British Olympic mm. Association, is he now? He was asked on the Today programme on Radio Four this week, "What would you like to ask Matt Hancock?" And his question. And the presenter thought, "You've got a massive <laughs> sort of thing you might." And his question was, "I would like to ask Matt Hancock, the MP for Newmarket, why on earth, in the great spaces of Newmarket Heath, there can't be racing?" Unfortunately, the Today programme didn't ask that question, but. Can you see the frustration? You, you say you're seeing Oliver Dowden, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, can you see the frustration that's being felt right across the industry? Well, well of course, Cornelius, and, and we're all frustrated. And of course, we're making these points as well. But racing's not being accused of anything here. What well, I, I was trying to explain the, the decision. Um, no, 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 no. It's, it, what, 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 what the government has said to us is that the R number is rising generally in the population. They're concerned about the impact of bringing back large numbers of spectators, and therefore they've postponed the trials for now. And the second thing, which I think may well have you know, dominated the political thinking, is that they're very concerned about the behaviour of the general public at the moment um, with, the, with the various initiatives that they're trying to bring in to stop an exponential growth at the moment, mm. and they're worried about um, the message it says with what they see as mass gatherings. Now, we have to keep working to overcome that, but that, that is the Public Health England and government position, and that's how, you, you know, you asked me, what were we, were we being told this week? That is the reason they're giving for this decision. Uh, Nick, I want to end on, on possibly the most important point of all, which is the, the health of the participants in, in the sport. Um, anecdotal reports are coming through that there are a number of positive coronavirus cases amongst racing's workforce, particularly in the, in the Lambourne and Newmarket areas. Can you confirm that that is the case? Um, we have had some reports of potential cases, and they're still to be verified yet, Nick. Um, but this is part of the reason why Dr Jerry it came out with his messaging at the end of last week and why I've been saying at the, at the top of the show today, you know, we have to be very, very careful in our 
in our personal standards, our personal lives, if we're to help ensure that racing maintains its positive position here. You know, come forward um, if you if you have a case and let us know at the earliest possibility because that will help Dr. Jerry and the others involved to help ensure that we can isolate things as best we can to keep the show fully on the road. I, I, and we can go backwards and forwards till we're blue in the face talking about what ifs and hypotheses going forward. But actually, let's keep this real. Let's keep this in the now. If a really significant proportion of racing's workforce starts testing positive at the same time for, for coronavirus, at what point does the sport just stop altogether? Well, I don't think we'll stop altogether unless, you know, unless we have a real, real, real escalation across the country and suddenly we don't manage the situation very well ourselves, which is why I say if you've got cases, please, you must come forward. I know it affects your, your own livelihood, but for the good of the sport overall, you know, you must come forward and, and give us uh, the news so that we can help manage t um, track and trace and, and manage the environment. But we, we will do all that we can to make sure that uh, any outbreaks that we do have are, are kept separate from the rest of racing's herd and so that we can continue. And that will involve adjusting fixtures, adjusting you know entries and who can enter um, if, if need be. We will manage that as we go. And, and some of those discussions and bits of planning has already taken place when we first had the, the local lockdown in Leicester. Nick, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Nick Ross, Chief Executive of the British Horse Racing Authority, will be talking to some of the participants from yesterday's excellent action in a few moments' time. Cornelius, I just wanted to give you a couple of minutes to digest. Well, cl clearly, the, I probably didn't express it as well as I should have been, but, but the pubs are perhaps not packed to the rafters, because they can't be, mm. but are busy uh, um, up until 10 o'clock at, uh, at night. Not as busy as some mm. breweries would like, but still quite busy. And that analogy seems to be a perfectly yes, fair analogy does. to and make. I, and I, I think the, 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 the point I was making there to Nick Russ is that, and I don't think it's just racing in fairness, and as I say, I wasn't just trying to lob unguided missiles no, at him. It's that the sport and, the sport and um, leisure sector and entertainment sector, so not just racing, but other spectator sports, but also theatre and the arts, um, casinos, bowling alleys, late night entertainment, that, that's all been overtaken. That's been overtaken by the hospitality industry. We might have got there first on June the 1st, but the hospitality industry has massively overtaken all sport and leisure and entertainment. Eat out to help out. Exactly. It was spectac spectacularly successful, I think. Uh, so they're, they're, though, though now questionable, of course, from well, a public health point of view. Well, well um, ab absolutely. The other thing about sport is sport is, of course, sport, whether it's racing or football or cricket. Mm. But the fact of the matter is they are business and industries. Yeah. And this is really important. And the other really important thing um, is that for the people are talking a lot about the mental health of the nation. People look, look at the, some of the audience figures for racing events on TV uh, for, uh, for for football and cricket, etc. Those numbers are good. People are enjoying them. People are, themselves, they've got to have a chance to enjoy themselves. Now, they can't do it really apart from a, the odd trial crowd on the track, but that's got to be the next step. So uh, it's a really important part of a return to normality is sport mm. because it's good for the mind, it's good for the people. It it just it adds spirit, doesn't it? It lifts the spirits. Uh, and uh, I think there's a slight inclination in the past to think, oh, it's only sport. Yeah. But sport is so much more than just a guy kicking a ball around or a, a guy sitting yes. on a horse and or a lady sitting on a horse and trying to win a race. And, and I will say that it's all very well for for us 
to keep saying, what are the BHA doing? What are they doing for us? What have they, you know, what's the industry doing to move this forward? And it's quite right that we ask those questions because that's what these people and are highly right paid to do. they give the responses they do. Exactly. And there's no question that Nick Luck, ha, uh, Nick Luck, that Nick, well, maybe Nick Luck as well, but Nick Rust has been in conversation with Oliver Dowden. But I think there is a frustration about seeing friends in high places yep. and them not really well, being, the, the if, anything, if anything, they're a slight disadvantage because uh, the health secretary hmm. is not the most popular politician in the country. Uh, Lady seems, Harding... Well, it's seen it, as cronyism, isn't it? Racing's connections yeah, with senior uh, Tories, uh, etc. Uh, absolutely. Uh, which, uh, which, which is not particularly, uh, is, is clearly not particularly helpful. But the, there is that real frustration. See, the, the hospitality industry, as you rightly point out, being able to do stuff, albeit under certain restrictions. Yeah. But racing and other sports actually being pushed backwards and whether sports should all be treated the same is debatable there are a lot of officials at the uh, the culture department which deals with sport there are a lot of officials and local authorities as well and of course they've got a uh, they've got uh, a lot of things to do but football and rugby union which are in stadia as opposed to race courses and say cricket grounds which are outside mm -hmm. should they really be treated the same I would have thought there's a strong case for saying, well, no, come on, let's be, let's be fair. You've, you've got, you've got uh, Stamford Bridge or you've got Newmarket yeah, Racecourse. Exactly. And I I'm think doing that, a lot I of think, arm waving. I think, Sorry, I think that's, the, that's the push that, that David Armstrong certainly is, is moving towards. Um, my thanks to Nick Rust for his time this morning. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albastiet Cruel Dubai.